This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tour Nowadays podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined as always by my good friend, Timila. Hi, everyone. We have Neda Youssef, Palestinian lady. You're a doctoral student, PhD student in UCC. Yes, I am in my third year as a PhD student at UCC University here in Cork. And what's your uh, area of research and interest? I'm doing international law and human rights. Oh, yeah. Very good. And you're from Palestine? Yes, I am from Palestine, um, from the West Bank specifically. Yeah. Can you explain to us what's the difference between the West Bank and Gaza? Okay, so the West Bank and Gaza are supposed to be uh, Palestinian territories under international law, according to UN resolutions. Mm. Um, and so the West Bank... Uh, of course, because we have the um, settlements and the Israeli uh, colonial project that keeps um, expanding. So both um, are divided geographically speaking and like by settlements. Um, so we have the West Bank, which is under occupation. Um, within the West Bank, there are many settlements um, and um, like in, like between every village and the other, there are around like five or four settlements. Um, while in Gaza, uh, it's not occupied. Uh, the Israeli uh, military um, withdrew from Gaza Strip in 2006 or seven, um, And now it's not uh, occupied, but it's uh, it's been under siege for more than 17 years. When when you say under siege, what does what what does that mean? It's a blockade. Um, Israel control uh, the life and the lives of people in Gaza. They they cannot allow, um, for example, medical aids or anything to enter. Um, before this happened, uh, before the last like um, events um, uh, happened. Um, Israel used to control everything that enter Gaza, everything that goes into for the people, even like um, a construction 
um, um, materials, um, um, medical stuff, uh, even like the food. Mm. Uh, they wouldn't allow some a certain um, stuff to go in. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't allow people to travel freely, although they don't have a direct um, um, authority over the uh, uh, the crossing border between Gaza and Egypt, which is the only border there, the Rafah mm. uh, crossing border. But they, um, of course, um, threaten the Egyptians um, uh, to not open the, the the crossing border and they wouldn't allow people to travel freely. They have no um, uh, freedom of movement. They have no freedom of um, um, uh, like living a normal life. Um, of course, this is the, the blockade that they why, why Why is that happening? Why, why are they actually doing these blockades? Why are they on the siege? Like is is there a reason that the Israelis are have have got the Gaza Strip on the siege and they're stopping, they're checking everything that's going into the into the Gaza Strip? Is there what's their reasons for that? Do they think that there's something going on with the people there? What's, okay, what's the so reasons? the main reason is of course colonialism. They are they colonize Palestine and they keep controlling our lives in every possible way. Uh, but if you say the reason that they say it is um, uh, there uh, is Hamas, the faction, the political faction that won, won election in 2006. And therefore, they asked, um, they, they, they put Gaza under uh, the siege okay. to just collectively punish people of Gaza. And what's the, what's the historical context to this? Because the Palestinian people were there a long time before the Israeli state was formed. But like, can you give us the history of the Palestinian people and the region? Yes. So some people or many people would uh, talk about the this um, nature of conflict as it started in 1948, while in fact it that the colonial project of Zionism started way before it can be traced back to the 1880s when Theodor Herzl, the father of the Zionism, found its the, 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 the basis for um, this colonial project. And so um, Jews around the world, they were, of course, persecuted. They suffered uh, a lot at the hands of Europeans mainly. I mean, when I say Europeans, of course, I mean the Nazis yeah. and other um, uh, 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 oppressive um, factions or parties. Um, so Jews started to, to some, some of them, of course, started to believe in, the, in Zionism as the notion of building a state uh, that would unite all Jews around the world in can one you, country. Can you give a brief description of what uh, Zionism means? Yes, I, I can th- tell you it's the, the, the call for a Jewish state. Okay. Before Israel, there was no Jewish state no state that all Jews can say we belong to mm. to it. Mm. But do you think, uh, just to know, like from from what I'm after learning over the last few weeks, because I like well, the Palestine and Israel is always simmering, do you know. But I think this is after getting so severe. I know that people are actually going and researching and doing a bit of reading mm. and digging and see. But from what I can see, the Zionism and the Judaism are separate. It's like the Zionism is like a it's like it's like they want a secular state, but 
but but then they quote the Bible and the Old Testament all the time. It's either secular or it's not. And the Zionism is not like for all Jews because not all Jewish people are Zionists. Yes. And they don't believe in that project. Yes, definitely. Um, and yeah. we see we see Jewish people in Jerusalem being assaulted by the IDF. We see Jewish people in Grand Central Station in New York, you know, protesting. Yes, yeah. it's true. It's true that Zionism calls for all Jewish to be united under the Israeli flag. But it is um, true that Judaism doesn't equal Zionism and vice versa. They are two different things, despite all the um, um, immense work of trying to um, add, uh, put Judaism as the the the, the face or the the um, essence of uh, Zionism, um, like before the establishment of uh, Zionism, there were Palestinian who were Jewish, like Jewish. Uh, Palestinians and they are still there and an information that not everyone uh, are uh, like aware of but they exist and even before Zionism Muslims Christians Jews they were living peacefully in mm. that region okay and so we we always have this distinction between uh, being anti-Zionism uh, or being like anti-Semitic you know, um, the thing that we face, it's like our the biggest challenge that Palestinians or pro-Palestinians are facing nowadays is the this accusation. If you criticize the establishment or the colonization that Israel um, is doing, uh, you are anti-Semitic. But that's not true, because if you go back to history books, they would tell you, even though that Jews, they, the, the main claim of Zionism establishing Israel there, exactly there, is that Jews lived there 4,000 of year or thousands of years uh, before Palestinians. But the fact is, or let's give it like in the natural sequence of events or the, the reason, the, how to say the reasonable um, sequence of events would mean that those Jews, they, they were still living there and many of them, they like converted to um, Christ, uh, Christ, uh, Christianity and then converted to Islam. Mm. And then some of them, they were still living there as Jews. And some of them, they, of course, left the country, left the region. But it's nobody's fault that someone in Europe thinks that because of his one version of Judaism, which is the, the, the uh, one version of the Bible, the, uh, the Jewish Bible, uh, which is called the Talmud, calls for them to go back to, to Palestine um, as something uh, okay or like, you know, as their right, because it's, it's not true. I can say if I do a DNA test and I find that I have like, um, let's say I have an Irish DNA, I cannot come into your home and say, oh, I have this DNA test that proves that I have the, um, the entitlement to your house, to your property, to your, I have to kill you, I have to expel you. You know, this is a very racist and so untrue because if you look at history, like people kept traveling, kept going, 
changing their religion. So if you want to talk about Semitism, we are Semite as Palestinians as well. So you cannot call us anti-Semitic if we are Semite. What is a Semite? What does that mean? I'm I'm, I'm not very familiar on this topic, but uh, it is the people who live there, and I think it's related to the region. So, um, yeah, there are Jewish Semites, but there are Jewish who are not Semites. Not all Jewish are Semites. This is a fact. And, yeah, so they claim, uh, according to this one version, again, one version of the uh, uh, Jewish Bible, um, that they have the right to go uh, back to Palestine because their ancestors once lived on that land. Mm. But when was that? If you ask them, they tell you thousands of years. But is it right to go and expel the uh, people who are living there and claim indigeneity to that um, area? That's that's not right. It's unfair to the people living there. They're taking a verse out of a book that's thousands of years old as justification for going in and taking that piece of land. Exactly. I, I, I listened to something this morning, um, and I it, it it seemed factual enough, and it was just around how all this is after starting, like who who's after uh, who's after paying for these different arms that Hamas are after getting, and and we won't speculate now. We won't get too far into that, but it's like it's like you have the Palestinian people and the Israeli people. But you have another faction who are, who are living here in the corner, and it's like they're orchestrating all this to happen for their financial benefit and power within the the, the world, really. And it's like um, it's just like when I try to understand why people would do things like this, where there's actually human lives at a stake, kids, women, men, children. Like, do people, are, have, we, have we got people in this world that are so messed up that they're willing to create a war between two different groups of people for financial reward? It just really, really, really upsets me when, when, when I hear things like that, you know. Um, but going back to that, Hamas, like, they are, are they a political party in, in, in Palestine? Yes. They are. And, yes. and like, would would they be, like, they'd be the, the overall government there now at the moment? Sorry? Would they be the overall governments there? Would they, is there more governments? Outside? Yes. Is yes, there? we have, like, a concurrence of governments. Um, uh, we have the PA, which is the Palestinian Authority, um, recognized by Israel and uh, the, the world. And to be fair, many Palestinians consider them as collaborators with the occupation because they have this um, um, collaboration um, and they don't really protect people. As, as, as if you check the news this morning, like settlers, armed settlers are attacking villages, but where is the PA? They have the power, but they don't act upon it. So we have... The PA, which is a, a political um, a party um, called Fatah originally, but it's now the Palestinian Authority. And we have Hamas, which is a political um, faction and uh, that, that, has, that is armed. It has um, 
uh, arms. Yeah. Um, do you know, when you're talking about the settlers, and um, so in the early 1900s, uh, Jewish settlers arrived in Palestine and started building communities, Tel Aviv and, and other places. And over time, the numbers grew and grew, and the uh, Palestinian people that were the indigenous people, the conflict begins and it kind of comes to a head in after the Second World War when Britain basically leaves Palestine alone yes. and then there's a civil war. The thing is the, the colonial projects, as I mentioned before, started in the 80s, like 1880s, and then um, it was um, the British who actually promised uh, the Zionism of a state in Palestine. Palestine was rec recognized and named as Palestine according to the British mandate over Palestine. If you go to their archive, if you go into their like documents, how they dealt with us, they were calling Palestine as Palestine, naming it as it is. And then um, they were, of course, uh, Palestinians welcomed uh, like um, persecuted Jews from around Europe. They were living uh, among us. And then all of a sudden, because of the, the as I said, the project of Zionism, they were start uh, taking lands from Palestinians, like gradually stealing the land mm -hmm. and kicking out farmers and uh, persecuting them. Um, and the, this was um, culminated in uh, 1948 when the actual ethnic cleansing of Palestinians started. Um, they committed massacres. There is a famous one uh, called Der Yassin massacre when they killed uh, women, elderly, and children. They just... Rape, they also raped women, and it's documented. And if you go read the um, ethnic cleansing of Palestine... Back in the 1940s. Yes, there is, there is, uh, there is a famous Israeli, um, uh, Israeli uh, historian. His name is Elam Pape, mm -hmm. and he wrote the ethnic, uh, a book called The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine, where he documented... Uh, the uh, the ethnic cleansing that occurred and it's starting it, from 1948. There's a documentary about that. Yes, there and is. They're bragging about it. Yes, like they're, all, they're all men now. They're, they're bragging they're about that. About, like raping girls and boring people and. Yes, it's called Tantura. Yeah. It is a documentary, and you can like I I recommend you watching it uh, if you have the the. Where would you find something like that? YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah. But I think as well with this, with the, when you're describing the, the settlements, it's like the plantations in Ireland. And when Britain basically moved Irish people off their land and gave it to Scottish people, and um, then the Irish people become labourers on their own land, working for a landlord. So it's similar. Yeah. Definitely. And is that like, there's a, there is a fair affinity between Palestine and, and Ireland, isn't there? And even on the international stage, now Ireland is looking at like one of the most staunchest supporters of Palestine. Even our conservative politicians have been actually standing up and taking a stand for Palestine as well, which is great to see. Because I didn't think they had the courage, to be honest. But I think that the unwavering support for Palestinians in Ireland is, is good to see. But I think that we know what it's like because we had our city here, but 
burnt to the ground 100 years ago, 1920. The Black and Tans, they burnt Cork. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they murdered innocent people here as well. And do you know when the Black and Tans left Ireland? They went to Palestine. Mm-hmm. Did you know it? And they were all World War I veterans, traumatised, okay. psychopathic. Yeah. And they were brought over here where they raped women and whatever, murdered people. And then when they were done here, they went off to Palestine. And they ended up leaving Palestine then where they were getting in conflict with the, the Jewish people and stuff like that. But um, there is a, do the people in Palestine, are they aware or consciously aware of how they are looked at in Ireland? And support that they have in Ireland. Yes, they actually uh, always sharing mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, speaking about the Irish support. Um, there is the the uh, uh, Richard, the MP. Yeah. Yes, uh, he's he's always uh, pro Palestine, and his speeching his speeches at uh, the Parliament are quite famous among our. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you know you're you're here and you're studying at the moment. Um, and you obviously have family, a lot of family at home and friends, yes. you know. What does it feel like for somebody to, to be away from their family and to, to know that anything could happen to them at any moment in time? What kind of, how do you feel? Like, do you, like I can't imagine how we're feeling. Yeah, I always tell people I feel alienated. I feel like I'm detached from my reality, which is the reality of my people. Uh, We feel helpless. We feel, sometimes we feel hopeless. Um, There is nothing that we can do. I I try to stay at home as much as possible because when I go out, I feel like this is not real. Like, Mm. you know, life is... It's going like it's it's keep it's keep moving moving you know, and um, but it is it's not the case for the people in in Palestine and in Gaza. Like every ten minutes, a child is killed. Like this uh, collective punishment, this genocide is unbelievable. Like, uh, like I like I'm twenty eight years old, but never in my life I experienced such. Um, intensity of uh, uh, events like I feel we are like targeted even like me I know I'm safe here but my 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 identity you know my identity being accused of things that are not true yeah. they are not true being like seeing the flags your flag being uh, equated to terrorism and being put down for reasons that are not true. And so what is happening there are, are, are people starting to target Palestinian people instead of looking at Hamas? Like, how does, how, how does that feel when everybody, like, you know, back home, most people, every, they're all innocent people, just want to get on with their lives like the people back here in Ireland. They're trying to provide for their families, put food on the table. And most people over there just, they don't want this. Like, can you ex- just explain to the people that are listening to this, like, what the, the Palestinian people want? They just want peace. Is that what they want? We want justice, peace with justice, because pe- you can definitely have peace uh, at any moment in your life, but you can still be oppressed at the same time. 
So my people, they want to be liberated. They want justice, peace and justice. This is what we want. And peace what, without justice is... What does justice, what, what does justice look like? Justice for, for looks standing. like when our lives equal the same, like are they equal the, the, the lives of other people on earth. This is justice. When people listen to us, when they recognize, when they co- give context to what happened in in in, Octo- in October, context is really important to understand our suffering. For 75 years, we have been screaming our lungs, telling people, we are occupied, we are colonized, we are oppressed. We have around 6,000 prisoners in Israeli jails. 200 of them are children. 40 of them are women. Did they mention that when they are saying we have a war to bring back our hostages? We feel like our lives worth nothing Mm. because not not once they mention this. They don't mention our, our prisoners who most of them, by the way, are detained based on the administrative detention, which is no no accusation, no, no, um, nothing, for no reason. They're just for existing as Palestinians. Mm. They are detained. What are your thoughts on on, on the way way, um, Hamas dealt with um, going into Israel and, and, and... killing people and taking hostages where are your thoughts on that like what what's your beliefs around that and what they've done um it was like it's it's wrong in every way you know to do something like that and um, because i'm sure the israeli people that were out there that day were innocent people as well you know just as much as a lot of the, the people that mo- most of the people that are actually been killed in in palestine since it started were innocent people just people who are trying to get on with their lives. Where are your thoughts around? Um, no, you can only an- answer this if you, if, you, if you feel like it. There's no pressure. But where are your thoughts around that? Why they would do something like that? Because they must have known that there was going to be a, a retaliation for, for those actions and that day. You know, where are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts, of course, I would not, uh, I'm not in a position to say uh, if that is the responsibility of Hamas alone or not. Because mm. if you look at the context, you'd understand that I, maybe I've, they yeah. are the one retaliating. I've seen that. I've read about that this morning. I, I don't think it was Hamas acting alone there. I don't. because because And we won't get into that because it's a different debate. Yes. You know, what's important here is just to, to really leave people know what's going on. But... It's also important for for me to ask that question to you in relation to, to that, because because if we're sitting here and people are saying, like why why don't they ask about what happened to the Israeli people and where it all started? So I I, I see think, that's that's where they're wrong because that's mm-hmm. not when it started. I know mm-hmm. I know that it started a long time ago, yeah. but this just brightened it up and just gave it. It just it blew up after after what happened. You know, um, and um, it's just after making it so, so, so much worse. And I'm sure Hamas had to have known, like, that the Israelis as well were not going to sit down and take, and take something like that. And and they were just going to leave it off. You know, we, we all know that. That's, wonder, they're not known for that. I wonder, do the, the people in Gaza, 
Palestinian attitudes, that anger towards Hamas for bringing this upon them in such a severe way? Or, do, do, or like, is there anger towards Hamas? Or how do people feel about the situation? No one, when, no one, as far as I know, mm. as far as I know, mentions Hamas when they are being killed. Okay. They put the blame on the main reason, which is Israel. Because Israel started this back in, seven, in 1948. And what people doesn't know is that the like 75% of people in Gaza are refugees. Refugees from where? Do, they, do people ask themselves? Mm. They were kicked, expelled from their villages and cities in, uh, in Israel. So they were expelled. Sure. They were all. They lived all their life, um, thinking that the the reason for their misery, for their um, uh, like mm. oppression, is Israel. Mm. You know, whether we we whether people agree with Hamas or not, that's not the point, and should not take as much as attention as to what is the main reason and what is the context. Because Hamas is not imposed on the people. It's a political faction, as any other political faction, except that it is armed and it's acting in Gaza. Okay? So whether we agree or not, whether we like them or not, whether we call them terrorists or, or freedom fighters, it doesn't matter mm. because there is always a reason for this. Mm. There is a reason to why Hamas exists in the first place. Well, there is a reason to why all this happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you asked me about my feelings or where I stand regarding what happened to the Israeli civilians. The thing is that the media tries always to depict us as bloodthirsty people who just want to kill and just want to harm innocents who are just sitting in their home doing nothing to harm us. That's not the truth. We, we feel pain, but we know where to charge it. Mm. We, 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 know, we feel angry, but we know where to charge it. If there is anyone to blame for those civilians or for those lives, it's Israel. She, Israel promised them safety in a settlement around a concentration camp. Mm. It promised them safety and provided them with money in order to serve uh, in their army. So what you're saying, Palestinians have served in the Israeli army? I mean, Israel promised the civilians of Israel mm. to that promised them safety and provided them with money mm -hmm. to serve in the army. So people, all, all civilians, except of course kids, yeah. served in the Israeli army. Mm -hmm. So whose problem is that? Is it the Palestinians' problem or is it the Israeli problem? They brought them to the land. They promised the America, the, the people who lived in America uh, as Jewish, come serve in your uh, land, uh, come back to your holy land and serve in our army. It's safe. It's, um, it's a haven for, um, I don't know, like all uh, human rights. It's the only democracy in the Middle East. Who promised this? 
Was it us Palestinians? No, it's Israel. So yeah, okay, we're not bloodthirsty. We are not um, hateful towards anybody. We care about um, human lives. In fact, we 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 we. It's an act of love to 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 refuse to be depicted as um, uh, as um, like like bloodthirsty or terrorist like uh, savages as they try to depict us uh, no we, we refuse that we, we we we're not like that it's not us yeah if we feel sad about them if we care about them if people really found that what happened on the uh, 7th of october really bad then they should point their fingers to the actual perpetrator which is israel yeah. I've seen an interview on YouTube. Do you know Abby Martin? Yes. Empire Files. Yes. She did an interview with a former Israeli soldier. Mm-hmm. He got out and he speaks about his experiences. And uh, I thought it was eye-opening. He spoke about growing up as a young Israeli where his grandparents were in the Holocaust on both sides of his family. And so he's he's grown up with like the Holocaust in his memory and... Um, stories being passed on and like he he said he used to think to himself I don't know how a man can come home look after his wife and kids and then go up to work as a Nazi and kill so many Jewish people he said that's the way I grew up he says when I was in the Israeli army he said I became that person I was kissing my wife and kids goodbye in the morning and I was going out and I was bullying Palestinian people he was talking about Hebron and he said in Hebron, he said that you have a family here that's a Jewish family and you have a family here that's a Palestinian family and they have different rights. Mm-hmm. They have different rights and they're policed in different ways. And he said that like, if, the, if the Jewish people wanted to do a parade for, for some ceremonial thing, some parade, the Israeli army will come in a few hours before and just say, get back inside. You stay there. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. It costs you, and then you just have to put up with it, you know? But I think 
and then with the um you know moving people out of their homes for example you know, let's say you're palestinian your family is palestinians and uh you got moved out of your home and next there's a jewish person in new york and then they'll say you know what i think i want to go to israel they can go over and they'll provide it with a home and citizenship in and they'll move out to Palestinian to give them the house. So when you have years and years and years of this, it's, it's going to explode and mm. explode it on the 7th of October. Yeah. But it wasn't an isolated incident. That was a retaliation for years and years, do you know? Um, is that kind of a, a fair enough assessment? Yes, I, I can talk about my experience as yeah. like a Palestinian who lived in the West Bank. Uh, yeah. uh, like... I, I can, of course, relate to what uh, he said to, to Abby. Yeah. Sorry, the name I can't once. Abby Mahar. No, the person um, who she... she I, I guess, yeah, no. No, that's yeah. fine. So it's, it's the thing is... Uh, Did you ever suffer from the hands of, of uh, the Israeli army coming to your home and, and bullying? Like, it's all my life. All your like, life. all my memories of okay. Palestine is, um, like, how to say, like, marked by... The Israeli violence against us. And how do they make you feel? Like, what what, what kind of treatment do you get from Yeah, okay. I, I can start with events that really affected me and tell you later how it felt. Or maybe you will just understand how, how it felt. Like, I remember when I used, like, as a kid, like, I didn't know anything about um, Israel or Palestine or being, like, I just learned that we are occupied and that's it. But um, they would come into our homes at 3 a.m. just searching for things, uh, taking things, stealing from the, the house, taking my father, because he used to speak Hebrew, and take him as a human shield to, um, to, and to, to, for, for, to you know, enter um, other homes and buildings around us and ask uh, people or young youth to surrender or whatever. Um, I remember I one, one time I woke up, I was still like maybe seven years old. I woke up, I opened my eyes to find a soldier pointing the gun at me. This is the first experience I had. And then I remember like living a life full of checkpoints. Like I, 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 I come from a small village, but lived in a, in a bigger city in uh, Ramallah. Um, so when we when in for example we have a, a an event an occasion to attend back to, you know, like to visit uh, our family in the village so we would travel from Ramallah to my village which is located near uh, Nablus a, a different city in the West Bank I remember the the time that we were like humiliate, humiliated waiting in the cars for soldiers who are having fun and joking in front of us, not allowing us to pass, you know? I, I, I remember those yeah. memories. It affected me pretty much. I still remember the armed settlers who are very much often called civilians, but they are not. They, their existence there is illegal according to international law. When you say armed settlers, are they allowed they to have, have guns? They have guns. They're encouraged. They're encouraged they, to have, they have do they need guns. a license to have, have guns or anything they over have, the, the, the government itself provide them with the guns in the past like um, the last 
week. Um, he's, he's asked all his relatives. Exactly. Itmar, Itmar Ben Gavir, Ben Gavir. He he's the he's uh, at the I don't know that the position, but he's uh, uh, in the government, uh, and he encouraged settlers to come take guns, and it was allowed to kill Palestinians. It's like you you okay if you want to kill, just go ahead <coughs> and kill. So there would be no like if 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 an Israeli person killed a Palestinian person who's living across the road mm-hmm. from them mm-hmm. in a house that they own, that they've lived there for hundreds of years, if an Israeli person said that they threatened them or just said, just, for example, said something nasty to them or, like, said, told them, fuck off or whatever, they, if they killed that person, what would happen? They will pretend that they will take them to court. But what will happen is that they will prove that they have mental issues and that they will get them out as simple as that. While many Palestinians, students, I know them in person, were detained and imprisoned for um, countless years for just doing students and community activities. Mm. I mean, um, you cannot really think of the law um, without thinking that the colonial context of the colonial context, because law is weaponized for in their favor like like you cannot go and say yeah but there is a law but there is a judge i can go and ask him to be fair or her to be fair that's not the case because everything in their government is uh, should be put in 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 context which is the colonial uh, context and they they will always be in favor of whatever they are doing that Israeli soldier I was talking about was Aaron Efrati. Yeah. Is is the and uh, that's on YouTube on uh, the Empire Files Abbey Mountains channel. It's eye opening. Um, he, he speaks very openly about his experiences as a soldier in the Israeli army. Yeah. Is it James? And the, you're encouraged to shoot to kill. Mm-hmm. He said that um, they, they children they, as well and women. They do something. They do something. Um, things then to kind of tick the box so that it's not like a human rights violation. For example, you said you woke up one time there was a gun pointed at your head. So to get around um, the issue of uh, soldiers being prosecuted or going after soldiers for killing um, Palestinians, they said that if you go into a house and you put a gun to someone's head, right, and if they wake up and scream or move, you can shoot them because they could be going for a gun. Or like, that just means you can go in and shoot them because if you wake up with a gun behind your head, what's your natural reaction is to scream or yes. to move. And then, but that's all they need then. But he was talking about this, like, it's, he said, it's not it's not implicit either. He said, this is explicitly told, you know. There's no, they don't try to hide it. And it's very blatant. Yes. I think what people need is just to look, they don't even have to dig hard, you know, in order to find uh, resources about the Israeli uh, crimes. It's it's there. They they, they, they they cannot really hide it. Like many of former soldiers, they come out and talk of the, the atrocities they committed against Palestinians. Because the irony is so they are becoming what they hated in terms of the Nazi party mm-hmm. and the Holocaust. Like, they've actually become the oppressor. Yes. They did. Like, so that's the irony of it all. 
And it's for like as a Irish citizen, a European Union resident, feel like uh, shame. I think for being from the West, and that we're not Ursula von der Leyen doesn't speak for us, but we are part of the European Union. But we have very little power within it, and the United Nations as well. It feels like it doesn't really matter what anybody says or if somebody stands up. Once America says it's okay to do what they're doing, nobody can really do anything. What, in your opinion, is the hold that the, the Israeli government or the Israeli people have over superpowers like America? And the Americans won't stand up and say, listen, what you're doing here to the Palestinian people is, is wrong. Like, you have to stop this. Whereas what they're doing is saying, yeah, it's justified. This and this and this is after happening to Israelis. Is there anything that the Israelis hold over the American government to say that they're actually supporting them this way? We always look at Israel as like a, the son and like daughter of the U.S. because it was supported, uh, like its establishment, the Israel establishment was supported by the U.S. because they said it clearly. If there was no Israel, we would invent Israel because it, we want uh, a, a country, we want an entity there in the Middle East to uh, guard our interests in the country. And it's all about, of course, the oil, the gas, the control. And we Palestinians, we, we don't really expect much from the U.S., given the fact that U.S. itself is a criminal state the war on Iraq and the war on Afghanistan. We never forget that. Mm. So we don't expect much from the government, but still we believe that there are people in the U.S. who are um, who are like pro-Palestine and who have voices and influence. And that's why we keep talking to them. We keep pleading and asking them to, to speak up and to stop this. So I've I've memories of the United States down through the years almost being like the the big brother in the room, you know, somebody that would come in and they they wouldn't be explicitly on one side or the other. They'd have some credibility with peace negotiations, you know, that they could step in if they wanted to. But this time around, they're nailing their colours to the Israeli. That they're like they're in behind Israel and they're very from explicit about it. Whereas before, they wouldn't be as explicit about it and they'd have some kind of credibility with peace talks. But I don't, like, you know, if I gave you a crystal ball or if I, if I could grant you a wish, like what would the best case scenario for this to be resolved? What do you think? The best uh, for the current... Uh, like this conflict that's happening in Gaza. And yeah, in now, Gaza. How, how do you think this will end? Well, what would be the best way for this to end? Of course, with a ceasefire, that would end the suffering and yeah, the yeah. the killing of the people, like to end this madness of the genocide, and the to have Israel held accountable because no solution will ever um, happen or um, meet our our aspirations as uh, Palestinian people if Israel is not held accountable. We want Israel to be stopped. We want the world to, to abide by international laws that they created in the first place to stop 
genocides to stop such atrocities sorry atrocities from happening so the thing is uh, any solution would definitely start with a ceasefire and then the um the swap of hostages which is fair because yeah 250 uh, hostages that were taken by Hamas in Gaza but we also they 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 mattered to the, to their people they they should be back to their houses they should be back to their families as well as our prisoners who should be back to our to their families to their kids my people is like they also deserve to be freed and liberated and Gaza should never go back to live um, under siege you know what seems to amaze me is we live in 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 a time where there's so much wealth in the world if it was given out evenly to every human being on the planet we would never ever go hungry or be thirsty for water and we'd have exactly what we need but there seems to be this really small percentage of people who have so much power in in governments and with wealth that just tend to get away and do whatever they like doing with no concern over the people that are suffering, you know, the people that are dying. It's, I just really struggle to get my head around stuff like this. I think you make a a good point. And I think that this whole situation is going to have impact on a lot of different countries in different ways. For example, like the people in power, like you're talking yeah. about, they're not representing the actual people in their constituency because the people in their constituency are out marching for peace, are marching for a ceasefire. And the person that they have elected to represent them is towing the party line. But I think that they'll pay in the elections, mm. you know, in their respective countries. Yeah. You know, like for example, in England, the Labour Party are getting an awful lot of flack at the moment because you have people out marching and then you have the leadership saying that they, they won't, like, I, I can't understand how it's so controversial to want a ceasefire. Like, is that, is that not a given in any war where you, like, you go in and you ask for ceasefire? Like, why is that controversial to stop, for things to stop and trying the diplomacy to take over? It's like, when I put up on uh, Twitter on Saturday that I was at the marsh, I got a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse from people, anti-Semitic, um, pro Hamas and all this stuff. It's like I'm pro life. I'm pro the children. I'm pro mm-hmm. men, the women, the innocent people. All I want is a ceasefire and that to stop and let diplomacy take over, because like that shouldn't be controversial. It's like uh, you watch Black Mirror on Netflix. Yes. It's like an episode of Black Mirror. Yes. Where right. atrocities like that, you can't say nothing against them, and it's like an, an alternative. Why? Why do you think? Why? Why do you think people are afraid to say something against them within our, within governments in in not just in Ireland and England, but in the US? Like you asked, you asked an if she had one wish, what what kind of outcome? Like I believe deep down, people know what's going going on is wrong, but they're just afraid. They're afraid to put to go up against the fellas, the bullies, the fellas in the, who have the power. Because of the uh, 
great and immense power that Israel has and the support it has like uh, among the European uh, great powers, speaking like uh, of um, Germany, for example, um, people know that ceasefire is a very like um, it's a common sense, you know, to ask for a ceasefire, but they are met with uh, an amount of, um, you know, um, censorship and uh, accusations. Like, as you said, like the first thing they throw at you is that you are anti-Semitic, um, which is scary to people like, no, because we're not anti-Semitic. That's not true, but uh, I, I'd always say like um, it, it takes courage for people to stand for uh, what's right, and yeah, I mean it's true that there are um, like uh, there are governments uh, trying to censor people, trying to 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 take away their freedom of speech, uh, but still I'm um, I'm um, I'm um, I'm like glad to see that there are people still going uh, uh, and speaking and you know the marches we see uh, even in Germany uh, even in France they they banned them they said don't go uh, the French are very good for disobedience yes. like they, they get out and they'll march they don't listen to the government yes and yeah mm. I, I salute them really. do you know why do you know why that's the case in France because there's so many people, there's so many immigrants in France and they know it's like to be held down and held hostage in their country with no say in anything. And they can relate to people in Palestine. You know, they can relate to them emotionally because they know what's going on from because they felt it as well when they were living in their country. France is so mixed and cultural. A lot of people that live in France were trying to get away from something somewhere else. You know, but now they're citizens of France and they can completely relate. If, if not directly with the young people today, with their parents and the stories that their parents would have told them. You know, and that's why you'd always see the uproar in France and they're not going to stand for it. They'll, they'll get up and they'll march and they'll burn and they'll bomb or whatever they're doing. You know, and that's why it's, it's, so, it's so like that in France. Some people then just don't bother leaving their homes because they just want to get, get on with their lives and they don't want the hassle of it, you know. And that's the other side of it. But if in the morning, those people too, if you knocked at their door, they would agree with you, they would agree with people in France and all the other people processing. Like, people in general just want to live in peace. They don't like, nobody likes seeing kids being killed with bombs and people being taken hostage on both sides. You know, like I'm not here to criticize Hamas, Palestine, or Israel or any, anybody. Oh, I just want to see an end to stuff like this where there's innocents being killed and slaughtered for no reason. But unfortunately, Tammy, this is not going to happen without an end to the Israeli of course, the occupation, yeah. the, the colonization. I mean, yeah, of course, we all um, want uh, peace. We want people to live. We hate to see one suffering, but this is reality and this is life and this is colonialism. Unfortunately, people think that, oh, colonialism was in the past. They don't know. They don't know that Palestine still exists and there are people who are fighting for their liberation, which is the minimum uh, right for any 
person on earth. So I'd say, yes, it's the basic uh, human and nature uh, to, to think of like peace and to end the suffering of another because we are, we tend to be empath like empathetic with other uh, people. But the thing is, it's, it's not the case for all people because if you look at this, like if you listen to the speeches of uh, Zionists uh, online, like you don't have to, to go look in books or anything. If you just listen uh, with, for uh, the speakers or spokespersons of the Israeli government, they tell you there are no innocent Palestinian kids and that we want to bomb every thing after we take our hostages. They ask like people, like officials in the Israeli government, they tweeted asking uh, the Israeli army to finish them, finish them. Uh, and we were described as human animals. Um, this is the sad reality. And so for, for humanity or for all the nice and um, um, morals that we, we try to hold on as, like, as, as, as humans to, to, to survive, to thrive, to keep going, we have to put an end to the Israeli oppression. We have to put an end to the occupation and we have to put the end to, to, to this like, madness that's called Zionism. How they should you, be stopped. How do you think how do you think that that they could be stopped? Like what's going through my head right now is okay, say for example, a way of stopping them would be the Americans to pull back their support. Okay. Mm -hmm. But do you think they'd stop at that? Do you think the Israeli people would stop or the Israeli army and government would stop? If the Americans pull back, or do you think that they are so deep in it now that they just keep going? I think without the U.S., Israel would be defeated. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because they, they, they take heavy losses when they fight yes. on the ground. Yes. It's all airstrikes. Yes. But they try to win on the ground. They, they, they can't really fight Hamas on the ground. They're not able. Yes. So it's all through the air. I think if America did withdraw support, or if... if the American government came under pressure from their own people marching. I think that's mm. important. Civil disobedience, blocking up Grand Central Station, all this creates pressure. And in you hope down the line, hopefully sooner rather than later, that eventually Joe Biden goes to Netanyahu and says, look, you're going to have to stop this. Mm. Not, we cannot allow us support this. That'll be the beginning of the end then. Mm. But it's just, we can't go back to the status quo then. They can't go back to like Definitely. the Gaza Strip refugee camp because it's, flattened now anyway. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like there has to be uh, another solution where people have their own home, land and government and right to self-determination and freedom. Really? Yeah, which international law and all like laws of, you know, the, of, of nature or, yeah. yeah, they all support the right to self-determination and the UN itself like there are many resolutions that came uh, out of the UN saying that Israel occupation is illegal. Israel should not do this. Israel should not do that. Refugees, Palestinian refugees have the right to go to return back to their home country. 
but Israel is not listening. They're not doing because they think they are above the law. It's the only country, along with the U.S., who think of themselves as above the law. They're the only countries as well that don't sign up to the U.N. Convention as well, should want to secure in order for um, <coughs> the International Criminal Court. The U.S. and the Israeli, they don't recognize that. So they can act outside it. Don't they? So, so uh, uh, potentially down the line, and maybe you can tell us, potentially down the line, let's say Netanyahu, 10 years later, Netanyahu is on a holiday and he goes to Ireland. Mm -hmm. And can we detain him and hand him over to the Hague? According to international law, that's, that should be the case. But according to politics, that's the question. Could Ireland do that? And how would that affect its relationship with uh, the U.S.? It's all about the U.S., isn't it? Yes, every, it's every, all Everything is based on the U.S. The government here is afraid of, of the U.S. pulling out. Because we're so, because we're so supported financially. The American companies like Facebook yeah. and Meta and, and Apple. And there's so many American multinational companies in here that I think, I think you're right, Tim. I think the government are afraid yeah. of upsetting the yeah. Americans. Yes. Because in case they impose sanctions or something. Is there anything else that you would like to cover before Not we, really. we tie up? Are you are you happy with everything that you spoke? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that um, I, I I'm I'm studying international law and human rights, mm. and I'm really skeptic of this um, system because to me, uh, all I can see. Uh, with what's happening in Gaza, is that this system is fa failing. Uh, it was failing already, but now it, it, it came to its end. But do you know what it needs, the system? The system needs people like you, who've lived through war and your family, and you've been completely bombarded with... with, with bullies intentions on top of you for a, a long long time you know to be able to to get into positions internationally where you can say hold up this is not how it is this is wrong you know and this is it's when you when people speak up you'll start seeing others speak up because they have the fear that you initially would have had the fear of speaking up to and that's what it is when one person opens their mouth and says this is wrong this is wrong. In what world is it right? And I mean this though truly. Is it right to throw bombs? And this goes for everyone, not just the Israelis. Bombs in on top of schools and hospitals. They put six tons bomb yes. in, in Tabla refugee camp for looking for one Hamas commander. Like, that's ridiculous. But do they found nothing. Like It's not true. They claim they, there is a Hamas leader, but it wasn't. It's the, their claims. Like every every place they bomb, they claim that there is a Hamas in in there. But, but they're just taking the box for yeah. war crimes, yes. and and they give like a stupid like a, a twenty four hour notice to evacuate. But evacuate? How can you take a child out of an incubator? How can you take a disabled person out and, and bring them and go where? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Evacuate from like the roads yeah. destroyed. Yeah, and even. Petrol. And yeah, even and yeah. even they when they asked people to move from uh, uh, this the north to the south of the of, of Gaza, bombed the south. they bombed bombed them on the road. 
imagine there was like a, a like a, a bus or a tractor yeah. um, um, with people uh, and civilians, of course, um, uh, kids, and they were bombed. They were bombed. While, Leaving refugee camp. Yes, they, while they were moving the from the north to the south, they were bombed. A lot of families turned back then. Yes. And said, there's no point in going south. But you know, what, rather die at home. You know what's crazy? It's that they even are now bombing the south. They 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 are even bombing the south, the south where they asked people to evacuate to. I mean, th- there is nothing that can stop Israel, um, uh, uh, but you know, to take actions on the ground, like to to stop the the financial aid, to stop the financial support, to 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 cut diplomatic ties because I know it's difficult. People don't want to hear this part when it comes to actual actions, but this is what it needs to be done at the moment to put more pressure on Israel. And there are countries uh, who are doing this at the moment to Bolivia, Colombia. Yeah, so... And, and just before we do wrap up, give us a little bit of uh, detail around the actual medical supplies and food and stuff that are going in and what's not going in into, in, into, into the Gaza Strip. Okay, so before the, uh, the, the, the full blockade and before the 7th of October, um, AIDS were getting uh, into Gaza like uh, around 600 um, trucks yeah. of AIDS. They were entering per day, like okay. daily. And uh, now they are, they, they are not allowing any medical aid to enter. They opened once and allowed 20 trucks and what they have in the, those trucks, antigen tests. How many? How many people? Just to leave the listeners. How many people live in this little area? The Gaza. Yeah. Two hundred. Two. So two million. Two point two, two million. Two point three million people. Yes. So there was twenty trucks got in there since yes. this started. Yes. People are starving now. Yeah. They are hungry. You know, they have nothing to eat. Um, they don't have clean water to drink. Even so a- if they to the toilet. yes, they don't. So even if they survive the bombing, how will they survive uh, not having to to drink or to eat proper meals? And like I saw a tweet of a mother uh, saying that uh, she was she thought that her kids are uh, sick because of the sleeping on the floor in the hospitals uh, to learn that it was because the, of the polluted water she was giving to them and that they this water could cause them to lose their kidneys uh like to, to, fairly, lead to, yeah. to 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 their death like so there are many ways of death now in, in, in Gaza and all all goes back to the the reason the main reason is that so yeah, I've heard a doctor in Palestine the other day, he works in a hospital, he performed a caesarean section with no anaesthetic. Yeah. And he was washing the wounds of a child with washing up liquid. This did no antiseptic. Yeah, the soap. That's what they're dealing with. You know, like, it shouldn't be controversial to ask for ceasefire. Like, that should be a minimum people should be doing. Yeah. And, like, if you feel powerless, I understand 
But if you have an opportunity to show your support and go out and march, stand in the street, that's the least you could do if you're able to do it. Go and do it. I encourage anybody to do it. And thank you very much for your time today. It's a pleasure you. speaking to Anne. I wish you and your people all the best and peaceful resolution very soon. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Slancha. Thank you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it. The social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture, and emotional abuse leveled against Frankie and her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt. Learn about the family's path to stardom, the depravity investigators uncovered inside the home, and hear in-depth analysis of the ongoing criminal trial. Listen to the rise and fall of Ruby Frankie exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.